0: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wake Call DT.com, your one stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. We're in the second hour of the Thursday broadcast, which can only mean one thing it means it's the Fantasy Football Power Hour. Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly featuring Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com, and myself, Dan Tortora, of Wake Up Call DT.com. You can always check out Fantasy Football and NFL. News by going to the Fantasy Football tab on WakeUpCallDT.com. And, of course, make sure you head over to HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com for paid as well as free options for Mike Sofka to help you find success when it comes to fantasy and to understand the fact that between Mike and I, we know this to be true, and you who have played this and really take it seriously know it to be true. Fantasy football is a year round commitment. And it's something that never goes away for the best of reasons and the best of ways. So I'm happy to have Mike here on the show today. We got some games to talk about. We're obviously getting into the divisional round of the NFC as well as the AFC. And we're going to be discussing as well to start off the broadcast, the coaching carousel. And if we agree or disagree with some of the things that are going on, with this situ, with the situations around the NFL the head coaches and of course we're going to speak on something that I did with Papa Joe I'd love to get the thoughts of uh, Mike Sofka as well on who to keep and who to let go from Jacksonville so plenty to talk about plenty to have here on this edition of the Fantasy Football Power Hour proudly presented by the Wildcats Sports Pub and Penn and Trophy Center so with that being said Mike how are we doing today awesome how you doing Doing very well. And, and, Mike, first and foremost, I want to do, should you keep <clears> them <throat> or should you let him go? So I want to I want to get into that with you <clears throat> and play this little game here with the Jacksonville Jaguars free agents. So I'm going to go down the line, and I've given my thoughts, but I want to know what your thoughts are here. Keep them or let him go. Dante Moncrief.
1: Well, he, you know what? He didn't appear to show up enough this year to me, but then again, the struggles at quarterback, you know, I think he's got an excellent Excellent uh, route running capability. I think he's got speed. Ever since he was at Mississippi, I remember him. Uh, I say keep him. I say keep him. You could do a lot
0: worse. Yeah, and you know what? He's not that expensive. That's another positive thing for the Jaguars. Next up on the docket, Corey Grant. Uh, he's become a return specialist for the team. He's a trickery guy, he's a speedy guy. And when they do give him the ball, when they did allow him as the third string running back to get out there and do his thing, he did some good things, and he did them against the New England Patriots. Thoughts on Corey Grant?
1: Yeah, you need a good return guy. You know, it's a, it's, it's a shame he can't get more, you know, activity, more touches, more opportunity. But, you know, that may change here. you know, the... Things change in the NFL every year. You know, people say, oh, it's the same team. Well, it's not the same team. There's, you know, up to 100 guys in camp, 65 guys. Then they cut down to 53. Then he add the taxi squad guys. So, you know, there's still opportunities. So, you know, if he's affordable and he's been producing, keep him. If there's a future for him, yeah. But, you know, if not, you may have to make some room for some younger talent. But I say give him, a, I say give him another shot.
0: I definitely say keep them, and it brings me into my other question here. T.J. Yeldon, do you keep Fournette and Grant and say, you know what? Grant's got wheels, and Grant can get it done, and you can rely on Grant. I mean, I know he's got a, a smaller sample size, but it seemingly looks like you can rely on him more than you can rely on T.J. Yeldon. What do you do with T.J. Yeldon, who seems to be a guy who's your check down back, who's your receiving running back, who's not your between-the-tackles, not your 15 to, to 30 carries a game type of running back. He seems to do well when somebody else is the bruiser. So he's a complimentary back, but not a feature back. What do you do with T.J. Yeldon?
1: Yeah, the biggest compliment I saw from T.J. Yeldon was him complimenting Leonard Ford at back and forth when they were horsing <laughs> around on the sideline. He's done. He's toast Stick of fork. Tom Coughlin's not
0: going to keep him. Yeah, and I, and I would agree with that. I mean, if, if you're out there joking around doing this, doing that, and doing the other thing and getting your running back coach in trouble to the point where Tyrone Wheatley gets fired, I don't think TJ Yeldon, Yeldon is too far off. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, Jalen Ramsey's on the team. He's a head case, but he gets the job done. Leonard Fournette, not too happy with the way that he's been. You know, Tom Coughlin seemingly upset with him too, but he gets the job done. He's a first round pick. So these guys have a little more leeway where I don't think TJ Yeldon has any of that anymore. Tyler Shatley and Josh Wells, both filled in as starters when guys went down on the line. AJ Cann, one of the only offensive linemen besides Jeremy Parnell that stayed healthy the entire season for the most part. What do you do with Shatley, Cann, and Wells? All were featured on wake-up call this season. What do you do with these guys?
1: Well, you know, as I learned by watching the Colts play recently and and, and most of the second half of the season, their offensive line gelled. So it's, it's a matter of, are these guys working cohesively to get the job done? It's not just blocking your man, not just taking care of the guy in front of you or inside or outside of you in the gap. It's a matter of making sure that your quarterback is protected when you don't have a guy over, over, over top of you. You're looking for somebody else to help. You're, you're, you're making your other offensive linemen better. And, unfortunately, I don't have any of these guys graded out. So, I, I you know, I, you would know better than I would on the offensive line in Jacksonville. But I would think that, you know, as long as these guys are affordable, you know, you need to keep guys together. In order for them to get that camaraderie, in order for them to work together as a team, and in order for them to be more productive as a unit, I say if you know they're affordable, you know go ahead and
0: keep them. Yeah, and and they are affordable. And when we look at the numbers right now, Josh Wells cost the team under eight hundred thousand dollars. AJ Cann was eight hundred forty three thousand. Tyler Shatley was a million, but uh, it was one million twenty seven thousand. So I mean, I don't think that any of those are going to hurt you too bad. Tommy Bahannon, they don't talk about it enough, but the fullback position, he's a guy who has definitely helped out this team. He came up big in the playoffs last season. He doesn't cost a lot of money either, $740,000. Tommy Bahannon, do you, even though he's a guy that's under the radar, so to speak, do you sign him up and, and keep him rolling here? Because the fullback position may not be talked about, but it definitely is essential, especially on a team that doesn't have a healthy offensive line.
1: Yeah, if you're, if you're looking to continue to run the ball in this league, it's not a bad thing to have a fullback. A lot of teams went away from that, went to a hybrid guy or an H-back or a tight end slash guy that could, you know, log some time into backfield. But, you know, Tommy Bohannon seems to have it all. He can catch the ball. He can lead, block. He can be the, the up back that gets the ball, surprisingly, on a short yardage play or goal line play. I like Tommy Bohannon. He seems to have... The, the right attitude, and, and that's what they need in Jacksonville. They need a good attitude, believe it or not. You know, I think that, you know, some of the players on the team may think they're better than others or better than than the system or better than the team, and you can't have that attitude. And Tommy Bohannon, to me, doesn't appear to protect that at all. He seems to be a, a, a worthwhile NFL player. So I say, yeah, absolutely, keep him.
0: Yeah, I would say to keep Tommy Bahanan as well, and I had that conversation. He's been on the show. Uh, this is a consummate professional, somebody that should be there. Eric Flowers, I'm not even going to bring it up. Obviously, that's a, that's a let-go type thing, but Jadon Mickens and Rashad Green. Rashad Green was brought in from FSU to be the returner, but he's been hurt all the time. Jadon Mickens has been the returner who is sleeping in his car because he didn't know if he was going to keep the job in Jacksonville. What do you do with Mickens and Green? I think Mickens might be in a different position, and
1: Green, Green, because of the injuries, like you had mentioned, Mickens may have more opportunity here. You know, Green has some wheels; he has the pedigree; he comes from the right background. But you know, I, it, there, there's a couple things to consider. The best ability you can give to your team is availability. You can't help the tub. You can't help the club if you're in the tub. Okay, it's the bottom line. You got to be able to make yourself available to your team. you got to come up with those big returns and clutch, clutch plays. There's too many receivers on this team, and if it hasn't worked yet, if it hasn't happened and he can't stay on the field, well, maybe
0: he can't stay on the field somewhere else. So I would say let Green go and keep Mickens. I would agree with that as well. As Mickens is somebody who fought for the job, appreciates the job, and not that Rashad Green doesn't appreciate it, but he hasn't been healthy enough on the team to really create value on the field. Josh Lambeau and Kai Forbath. Kai Forbath was signed on when Josh Lambeau got hurt. Josh Lambeau was brought in when Jason Myers wasn't playing that well. What do you do with your kicker? Wow, this is going to be an interesting one here because
1: I like both these guys as kickers. I, I think Lambo is going to be the one that ends up winning out. I think, uh, you know, but it wouldn't surprise me if they just went clear in another direction. But, you know, both of these guys are relatively young, Uh Forbath has got a few more years in the league, but you know I, I would think if anything there would be a slight lean toward Lambeau. Obviously you're probably not going to be keeping both of these guys. It, it's nice to be able you know, – I'm not sure they can do that. I think they'll go with one and then let one go, and then if they need another one later pick, pick somebody
0: else up. So I think Lambeau stays and I think Forbath goes. Yeah, and I would I would venture to say that as well. Speaking here with Mike Softgov, Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. We're in agreement up and down the line of this thing. I want to ask you about this though, Kyler Murray. It's come out that the Oakland A's expect him to enter the two thousand nineteen NFL draft. He has to do that before the deadline this coming Monday. Thoughts on Kyler Murray. He's about five foot ten, under two hundred pounds, but this is a man who had over five thousand yards. From scrimmage, had over four thousand yards passing, a thousand yards on the ground, touchdowns all over the place, minimal interceptions. But he was also playing in a conference that doesn't play defense of the Big Twelve. Thoughts on Kyler Murray and if he takes the leap into the NFL draft, what that means? Yeah, Kyler Murray is a
1: you know he's a great athlete. Anybody that can play the dual sports at that level. You know, you're talking guys like a Bo Jackson type player. You're 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 talking very few guys can do that without, you know, suffering or without looking. You know, I, I mean, Deion Sanders. You know, you you gotta you gotta have a special athlete who can not only have speed. And quickness and speed and quickness are two different things, and we'll get into that another time. But the agility, the mental capacity to understand the grad, you know, the the level of play required in each sport, and what to do. I mean, there's a lot of little things that muscle memory and your body has to negotiate in both sports that are a little bit different, angle wise, speed wise, a little bit different. So, I, you know, I, I think Kyler Murray would be an excellent baseball or football player. I think he's going to end up going the baseball route. I think he's going to enter the draft. I think he's going to be one of the top players selected. And I think he's going to be, a, you know, a baseball player. There's more longevity. There's more uh, money long-term as well. There's less opportunity for, you know, traumatic injury. I, 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 while I think Kyler Murray is an excellent college quarterback, not sure how that would translate to the pros, especially with his size, but at the same time, it wouldn't put it past me if he decided to stay a football player that he would succeed in the likes of a uh, Pat Mahomes or, or other NFL players of that same same cost, because Pat Mahomes was a baseball player as I think it's going to be whatever he decides to do, but I think that decision is ultimately going to become baseball.
0: Yeah, you know, and we're in a, we're in a situation right now where you know he's got a four point six six million dollars signing bonus from the Oakland A's. He was picked in the top ten of of the MLB draft, but there was a clause in that that allowed him to continue to play football at Oklahoma because baseball has a totally different set of rules, and you could be in college and still get drafted. So. If the notion is that he does enter the NFL draft and a team spends a first-round pick on him, then, you know, are, are we in a soap opera dramatic situation? You got a first-round MLB pick, a first-round NFL pick. If I'm an NFL team, I want to know for certain that he's going to play for me. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you roll the dice? If he enters his name and you're Jacksonville or you're one of those teams that's early on, do you draft Kyler Murray knowing that he already has a job in baseball? Uh, no, and the
1: reason being is, for one, if I'm looking to draft the Kyler Murray, I'm probably in a really bad team that probably needs some immediate help at quarterback. You know, I don't think too many guys are as patient as they need to be with guys like this in the NFL. And I think that, you know, if he was, he's going to go – if he does enter the draft, he'll go higher than he should and he won't pan out. Just ask the Tampa Bay Buccaneers how that Bo Jackson thing turned out way back in the late 80s, you know. It's one thing to have dreams and expectations, you know, as a child to play one sport or the other or both sports, to actually do it is monumental and almost unheard of. So I think there's going to be a decision made, and I think that decision is going to be baseball. And I don't think as an NFL franchise, you can invest a high draft pick in a high talent position that... For a guy that may never see the deal, may never come to your facility, that's that's silly. I, I think you got to be more more prudent with your dollars. I think you got to understand where you're at and where he's at, and you know who knows? Maybe we're just speculating here, but from the looks
0: of it, the sounds of it, and everything I've seen, Kyler Murray's going to play baseball. And you know the other thing about it, like you said, it's so hard to. I mean, you could be good at different sports, but it's so hard to, you know, play play them and, 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 and find success in both of them. I mean, it's your definition of success, but you look at Michael Jordan in baseball and you know what that's, you look at Deion Sanders in baseball. I mean, they weren't horrible, but Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest basketball player ever. Deion Sanders, arguably one of the best corners ever in the history of baseball or in the history of football. And I think that that's clear. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, can you play both? Yeah, you can play both. <coughs> Pardon me. But are you going to excel at both? Is the question. And you know, that's that's what Kyler Murray has to figure out where do you want your bread to be buttered, and where is it better off? It's going to be less of a strain on your body to play baseball. The longevity is going to be there, and the millions of dollars is already there for you. So. If you have that, you have that sure thing, then, you know, you're in a good position. Or that almost sure thing, if nothing's a sure thing, the almost sure thing, then you're in a good position. But if you want to play football and it, automa- you know, and it brings you there, but if I'm an NFL team, I'm talking to Kyler Murray going, I don't even want to, I mean, there's got to be no chance that you leave. So let me ask you this, Mike. If it's not Kyler Murray, who is it out there? Dwayne Haskins? played one real season with Ohio State. You got Ryan Finley at NC State, who I covered. You got Daniel Jones at Duke, who I covered. You got Drew Locke at Missouri. What do you do? If you're Jacksonville and you want to draft a quarterback, who is the guy?
1: Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it's a very skinny quarterback draft here. And, and, you know, I think Wow, I, I would think you'd have to look at a Haskins if if you're if you're looking for a quarterback right now. But you know, it's 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 still what it is. You know, you got, these guys need time to develop. I, you know, Jacksonville may pick pick a Haskins, knowing that they still have Bortles. They may bring another quarterback in to bridge the gap. Same thing with the Giants. The Giants may look at a Haskins, and both of those teams. I think they're picking six and seven in the draft. Both of those teams, to my knowledge, are the first teams that are really going to consider a quarterback with those first picks. You know what? It's so up in the air right now. There's still a lot of questions to be answered. But, you know, I would think that the better quarterback is yet to come. We haven't seen him yet. I think the next two years are going to be a little more fruitful in the draft as far as quarterbacks are concerned. So I think if you're an NFL team and you can buy some time, you know, maybe buy some time. But there are a couple names out there. I mean, you mentioned a Lockie, you mentioned a Greek, uh well, I don't think you mentioned a Will Greer, but I like Will Greer a lot. And, you know, I do like Haskins, even though he has limited, uh, you know, experience on a big stage. He was on a pretty big stage and he was pretty successful. So, You know, talents like that don't come around every day, especially at the quarterback position. So if you can find one that's not, you know, an off-the-field problem a la Jameis Winston, if you can find one that's not, uh, you know, going to take you a step backwards, as long as you keep moving forward with that selection, you're going to be okay. And it looks like a Dwayne Haskins or a Will Greer might be the best opportunity for an early pick as quarterback in this
0: draft. Yeah, you know, and, and when we ultimately look at, you know, the grand scheme of things for this, you know, is a better option for Jacksonville to make a play, and I talked to Papa Joe about this earlier on in the show, is it better to make a play for Joe Flacco or Nick Foles? I mean, what what is your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, because I can't think after this season, I mean, Nick Foles is a closer. Nick Foles, you, you put him out there, he's going to make you, he's, he, he brings life to the team he helps you get back. He was there. The coaching staff let him go. And then Doug Peterson had this amazing idea to bring him back in the middle of the night, not tell anybody about it. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't big. And then all of a sudden they win a Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden now they're in the final four of the NFC. So they got to think about, do they want to keep Wentz, which they spent a ton of money on, or do they think Nick Foles is a better option? Because to have them both is a, I mean, it's a dynasty move, but Maybe these guys want to be on a team where they don't have to worry about having us at the bench, or maybe they love being there with each other. But what do you do if you're Jacksonville? Do you do you call Philadelphia? Do you call Baltimore and say, hey, what do you want? Because in my opinion, if Jacksonville needs an immediate impact, which they do, and the NFL draft isn't going to necessarily give it to them, who do you call right now if you're Jacksonville? Yeah, I would definitely consider a Nick Foles. I mean...
1: All this guy does is win. I I know he doesn't fit the mold. He's not the prototypical guy. He's not the guy that, you know, everybody wanted to draft. He's not the guy that everybody wanted to go, you know, play college ball with them. But he's simply been the guy that's been getting it done. And I I don't see how you can overlook that. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some movement at quarterback throughout, you know, the the, the league this year. And I think that Nick Foles would be – Smart choice, if you ask me. But, you know, don't forget, there's other guys out there. you got guys like, uh, how about Teddy Bridgewater? This is a guy that, you know, hasn't really proven where he's at or where he can be or where I think he is. But this is a guy who can get things done. How about a Tyrod Taylor? You know, that may not be taking a step in the right direction. That may be more of a lateral move. But there's guys that have some experience in a Trevor Simeon. uh, There's guys out there. Uh, like a Josh McCown, who can offer some tutelage to a young quarterback. You know, there's there's some names out there, but I think it, it, you know it, you got to be judicious in what you're doing here as well. You you know, even if it's just a bridge guy, the quarterback is such an impactful position. He touches the ball on every play. He directs traffic. He's a field general. He's like another coach, but on the field. So you got to have commitment to this guy you got to understand that you're handing the keys to the franchise, to this guy on and off the field. And what he does is going to impact your organization for years to come, even though it doesn't seem that big right now. So you just got to be careful. But it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them chase after a guy like a Foles, a Bridgewater, somebody that can bridge the gap until, I don't know, maybe they draft the quarterback this year or maybe, just maybe, in the next year or two, they get a guy like, oh, I don't know, a Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. That guy looked pretty good to me.
0: Yeah, you know, so I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, do you bridge the gap right now? And I think if you're going to bridge the gap at all and you do it with Nick Foles, then <laughs> that is a hell of a way to do it. I think it's interesting that you brought up Teddy Bridgewater because Papa Joe did earlier on in the show as well. Coaching changes, the coaching carousel. I'm going to go down the line here, and then we're going to talk about it with Mike Sofgov Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. I asked what your reaction was to the Cleveland Browns' decision to promote offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens to become the new head coach after taking over midseason as OC for a fired Todd Haley. 61% of you love it. 30% of you like it, 9% of you dislike it, 0% of you strongly dislike it in the poll that we asked on Twitter. There's polls every week on Twitter, at DT. that's C-A-L-L-D-T. All you got to do is go on Twitter and follow me at CallDT, C-A-L-L-D-T, and look out for the polls and make sure you vote in them, retweet, favorite, and all the good stuff. And so an overwhelming 91% of the people that voted liked that Freddie Kitchens it went from interim OC to the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. My Vic Fangio question about the Denver Broncos going from the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator job to be the head coach of the Broncos, this was an overwhelming positive as well. 53% of you love it, 29% of you like it, 0% dislike it, 18% strongly dislike it, and this went in the other direction. After a tough time with the Miami Dolphins, Adam Gase is staying in division and heading to the Jets. The Jets have struggled. The Dolphins have struggled. Adam Gase didn't look like he was going to be the guy in Miami for long. And the Jets, who allegedly were talking to Mike McCarthy and allegedly could be talking to Matt Rule, who I covered when he was at Temple and now he's at Baylor, they hire Adam Gase. 10% of you love it. 19% of you like it, 13% of you dislike it, and 58% of you strongly dislike the move. So with that being said, Mr. Sofka, the Arizona Cardinals have hired Cliff Kingsbury after he had somewhat of a dramatic showcase with USC. And a couple days ago, he was taken off USC's sports page for football before he even took the job. The Browns, Freddie Kitchens, He was the offensive coordinator, and he's hired. And Vic Fangio, I just mentioned, defensive coordinator of the Bears, he's hired with the Broncos. Matt LaFleur, offensive coordinator of the Titans, is hired by the Packers. The Jets hire Adam Gase. The Buccaneers hire Bruce Arians, former head coach of the Cardinals, who said that he retired, but I never truly believe any of these guys retire until they retire to heaven because, in all honesty, whenever somebody says in the world of sports, I'm done, more often than not, they're not really, 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 really done. So, the Dolphins are looking for somebody. The Cincinnati Bengals are looking for somebody. What do you think about the coaching carousel so far? Yeah, it's definitely been
1: interesting. You know, I, I think the Adam Gase hire was questionable at best in my eyes. But, you know, you got to remember, the ones that are questionable, like the Adam Gase, and the ones that raise your eyebrows, like the Cliff Kingsbury, the, the these guys, it's all and even a Freddie Kitchens. It's all about the quarterback. You're impacting young quarterbacks, very young in their career, one year guys, two year guys. You know, these are guys that they're comfortable with. These are guys that they think can turn that quarterback into the Pro Bowl caliber player that they want. These are guys that in a Freddie Kitchens that got along with the Baker Mayfield. They want Baker Mayfield to continue to develop with a familiar face. This is a, a, in Adam Gase, they got the young quarterback in, in the jets. And you know what? I, I think if you're the jets, I want Sam Darnold to be with a guy that understands where he's coming from and can help put things together. And, you know, don't forget Gase has gone five and one against the jets. I don't think the jets forget that. So, you know, you look around the Vic Fangio hiring in the Broncos, as well as the Broncos have great defensive players. They weren't playing very good defense. Maybe they, you know they still got the quarterback thing to figure out. I know, but you know maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna, maybe they have something in mind there. I don't know, but you know You look at a thing like a Matt Lafleur with the Packers. You know, he's more of Aaron Rodgers' contemporary. He's more of his age. You know, Aaron Rodgers even mentioned he saw this in the in the downside, um, in, the, in, the, in the downside of uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank, uh, Brett Favre's career, where he was losing friends to attrition, to age, to trades, to retirement, and he really didn't have any contemporaries on the field, anybody he could relate to, and the closest people were coaches. So Matt Lafleur is more towards. Aaron Rodgers age and and you know what when 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 they made that change at the coach with Favre back in the day what did they do a couple years later they went on to win the Super Bowl so this may be a a good thing there as well you know the the Cardinals Cliff Kingsbury he's going to develop Josh Rosen you know people underestimate Cliff Kingsbury. They don't understand the lives he's touched, the players he's impacted, from a Pat Mahomes to a Johnny Manziel to a Jared Goff. He's all had a hand in these players' development and that's what you need. You need a guy who's going to come in and help continue to develop the quarterback. Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians, this is the best thing that could happen to Tampa and Jameis Winston. It looks like Tampa's making their bed with Jameis Winston even though I disagree with it. Bruce Arians is a quarterback's coach. This is a guy who who can get the most out of the quarterback. This is a great thing, and he believes in Jameis. So you know, there's it's all about the quarterback. It's all about solidifying those top positions on your team, and getting a guy in there that's comfortable and that your quarterback is going to be comfortable with to continue to grow and develop and get your team to the
0: next level. Yeah, you know, and when you look at the situation and what is left here of the NFL, I mean, they move pretty quickly. You know, the Arizona Cardinals jumped on the Cliff Kingsbury thing rather quickly. The Cleveland Browns took the most time. The Denver Broncos didn't take too much time when Chicago was bumped out of the playoffs by Philadelphia. Green Bay had brought in a bunch of different people. They interviewed Dan Campbell. They interviewed Pete Carmichael, they interviewed Jim Caldwell, they interviewed Pat Fitzgerald and Brian Flores and Adam Gase and Josh McDaniels and Todd Monkin and Mike Munchak and Chuck Pagano and Joe Philbin. And it seemed like the Packers were most prepared for this moment. But let's go to the Matt LaFleur thing. I mean, the Titans have done some good things. They've won some games. They have been relevant. They won games that they weren't supposed to win. They defeated the Patriots. They blew them out, but. What are your thoughts on Matt LaFleur? Of all the names that Green Bay could have gone with, you know, I'm getting a sense of people going, who? So, what do you think about Matt LaFleur?
1: Well, it's like I said, I think he's more of a contemporary to Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's going to be good for him. I think it's going to be, you know, you've got to understand, they've held like 10 interviews over the past five weeks, so... It's not like this is a blind thing for them. They, they, I think they also interviewed Josh McDaniels, if I'm not mistaken. So, I, I mean, Joe Philbin was there. A lot of key players like Joe Philbin as well. But, you know, LaFour was offensive coordinator under Sean McVeigh. So, Sean McVeigh is a hot, young name. I mean, he he was also the quarterback's coach in Atlanta for two seasons when Matt Ryan won the MVP and took the Falcons to the Super Bowl. So this is a guy who can work closely with the quarterback. He's an offensive mind. They're going to continue to try to put affordable pieces around Aaron Rodgers and continue to move forward while they still have a window with Aaron Rodgers. Because, you know, if they don't do something, nothing's going to happen. So I like to hire Matt LaFleur. I think it's an under-the-radar type situation. I think that there's a lot of bigger names that were expected to be there. But Matt LaFleur looks like the wisest choice from the outside, for me anyway.
0: It's going to be an interesting thing to see You know how smart Green Bay was in this move as they move forward. And we're going to move forward here into your fantasy and reality thoughts on the NFC and AFC divisional round games are going to get you ready for that right after this.